have no idea who wrote this psalm. And if you read most commentaries, they don't know exactly who wrote this psalm, nor when it was written, to be exact. Some believe that Psalm 68 was written when the ark was taken uh, to Zion when David brought it in in the days of David and they believe that the ark, that this psalm was written during that time and others believe that Psalm 68 was written when the ark was transferred from Zion to Mount Moriah, a more permanent place and, and then some believe that this psalm was written in a time period uh, when the other three psalms that were before it, uh, Psalm 65 and 66 and 67, uh, the four of these psalms were written or the three of them before it but believed to be written during the days of Hezekiah and all four what they have in common is that they talk about the millennial reign of Christ and so many believe that Psalm 68 was written during the same time period that uh, the other three Psalms before it was reading and certain, uh, certainly that could be true tonight but the, the fact of the matter is we don't know who wrote this Psalm and we really don't know when this Psalm was written but what we do know about this Psalm tonight is that Psalm 68 these 35 verses are written concerning of the nation of Israel. And amongst these 35 verses tonight, this psalm can be divided uh, into two different categories. The first 18 verses uh, has to do with Israel's brilliant past as the psalmist is looking back and certainly we read some of that tonight as he is reflecting and looking back at the past of Israel. And then he looks ahead in verses 19 uh, down throughout the rest of the chapter and he, looked at, he looks at Israel's blessed future as he sees where the nation one day will be and certainly uh, there is a blessing in that so the psalmist reminds them of where they have been and he reminds them of one day where they will be you know when I think about where I've come from and where you've come from and I think about where we was when God found us and not just when he saved us but when you look back in your past uh, and you think about just even after you got saved and you think about where God brought you from all the trials and the troubles uh, and through the valley in the hilltops. Uh, think about from the day of salvation uh, what God has done in your life. Uh, doesn't he give you a blessed hope uh, of the future that God not only brought you out, but thank God he's bringing you along the way and one of these glorious days, hallelujah, he's gonna bring us all in the family of God when we get home, amen? And so the psalmist reflects to the past uh, and he also points them to the future. And then he talks about several different things uh, concerning God. God in this psalm. He talks about in verses one through six, uh, he talks about the providence of God, how that it was God's hand that took care of them and sustained them from the enemy. Can't you testify to that same thing tonight? It's been the providence of God that has taken care of us uh, and led us along life's way. Amen. And then in verse number seven down to verse number 18, he highlights the power of God, how that God fought for them and God stood for Israel and certainly tonight we would have to say that we've not only experienced the providence of God but we have seen and witnessed the power of God in all of our life, amen you say brother Gravely I haven't seen a whole lot of great things happen in my life uh, uh, since I got saved, well let me tell you something tonight that would be a blessing to you, if you think about it if the devil had his way in my life and yours uh, we wouldn't have lived one day on this earth after we got saved, uh, he'd have took us out in a heartbeat, but it's been 
in the power of God that has stood between us and hell, that has guarded us and guided us and helped us along life's way. So he talks about the providence of God. He talks about the power of God. And then in verse number 19 down to verse number 27, the psalmist highlights the progress of God because what he talks about is he tells the people that since you've been saved, you've been advancing as the people of God, amen? And you know that's true tonight when God saves you. As the songwriter said, he doesn't leave you where he found you. Thank God your life's a whole lot better tonight living for Jesus and being saved than it ever would have had been living for the devil, amen? I'm telling you, there's more to shout about than just missing hell. And I'm glad I'm not going to hell. And I'm glad I can shout that I'm saved and not going to hell. And that's something worth shouting about. But if you've been saved any length of time, there ought to be more progress in your life for God other than just being saved. Can I get a witness right there? I'm telling you, there's a lot to shout about tonight. We can shout about being saved. But I'll tell you, he's done, he's made a whole, you look at me tonight, there's not a whole lot of progress to look at and I understand that. And I'm sure you feel that same way about yourself. But I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. And I'm glad I'm not even what I was the day you saved me. Don't you thank God for that? I'm glad there's been some progress in all of our lives since we've been saved, amen. By the way, may I say this, God doesn't save anybody with the intention of leaving them where they're at. You may be here tonight and say, well, Brother Gravely, I'm not where I used to be even from the day I got saved. That's wonderful. But don't get lazy on God because God has a plan, he has a will, and he's always wanting to make progress in all of our life. Amen. And he talks about the progress and then the program of God in verses 28 throughout 35. Now listen, I want to tell you something about a program tonight. He lays out the program for the millennial concerning the nation of Israel and what God tells us is that in the end, what will be proven in God's program whenever that nation is set up and that, pro- and that, and that millennial reign takes place, you know what God's going to prove to the world? That God has both preserved and he has promoted the nation of Israel. Amen? God has preserved them, but one day he's going to promote them. Amen. And I'm going to say tonight, I'm glad that God is a God of programs. Amen. Now I'm against programs tonight when it comes to man's program, but I'm not against God's program tonight. Isn't that right? You know, God is a God of order. I don't believe in just coming to church. And I know that we come to church with the anticipation and I believe coming to church and, and letting the Holy Spirit have his way. But I don't believe the idea of just come to church and well, whatever happens, happens. Are y'all with me tonight? Most of the time, it's either nothing or it's total chaos. Can I get a witness right there? There's gotta be some order, amen. Brother David can't get up here and lead the choir and just say, well, let's just all open our song book and, and uh, somebody pick a page and, and let's just sing the page and let's see what happens. Well, I'm gonna tell you, that's not gonna work, amen. You gotta practice, you gotta do your best. You gotta put your best into it and then the, the song leader has gotta pray and find the will of God and the mind of God for the songs. Uh, somebody's gotta take us in the right direction, amen. And then the preacher can't just open his Bible and say, well, whatever it falls to, I'm just gonna 
trust God to fill my mouth uh, and fill my brain with what I need. Uh, no, he's got to pray. He's got to study. And sometimes we miss it, but there's got to be some order. God is a God of order, amen? And when he comes back in that millennial, you know what he's going to do? He's going to establish some things. Uh, he's going to put things in order that have been out of order. He's going to put Israel in her rightful place, uh, and he's going to rule this earth for a thousand years, uh, and he's going to show the world how it ought to be done, amen? He's going to show the world uh, how the government is supposed to be run. Uh, it's supposed to be, my friend, run uh, with God in charge, uh, with his name being exalted. Uh, God has a program, amen? He has a program for my life and yours. I'm glad he didn't just save us and say, get to heaven. I mean, I'll, I'll get you there, but you between here and there, you just do the best you can. No, God has a program tonight. And when you read this psalm, you can li literally, if you read it from beginning to end and you think about what the psalmist is saying in the past, how that God took care of them and won their battles. And he talks about where they're headed in the future. You can literally hear the feet of God's people marching on as they're marching to Zion. They're marching to the hills of God. He talks about in these verses that we have read in one day they will march. Israel will march her way to victory. One day she will be a mighty army. One day the government will be upon his shoulders and one day Jerusalem will be the capital of the world. Amen. And you can hear as you read this psalm, you can see this army of God as it's marching on. And so he mentions that in verse number six. Oh God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, People, when thou didst march through the wilderness, amen. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on just keep marching on, amen. Just keep marching on. I'm telling you, that's what God is telling them as they look back to their past and they think about their future. He's telling the nation of Israel in this psalm, you just got to keep on marching on. You say, well, preacher, how can I do that? The psalm that said in verse five and six, you can do it because God is a loving father, amen. He said in verse five that he's a father of the fatherless, amen. You know that's what God is tonight. You can march on because he's a loving father. You can march on in verse seven because he's a mighty leader, amen. He didn't leave Israel in the wilderness by themselves, but thank God he led them through the wilderness for 40 years. Even when they were backslid, God didn't leave them where he found them, but thank God he led them through the wilderness. And I'm glad he don't leave us where he finds us, but he he leads us, as the songwriter said, he leads his dear children along, amen. He's a loving father, he's a mighty leader, and then in verse nine, he's a concerned helper, amen. He said, thou, O God, didst send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thy inheritance when it was weary. I'm telling you, God knew how to send the rain, he knew how to send the sunshine, he knows how God is concerned, and he wants to help his children tonight. You know, I'm glad God is concerned, amen. I went outside this morning and it was raining and uh, that's nothing new, is it? And I thought, man, is it ever gonna stop raining? But I didn't complain because I preached on complaining Sunday night. I said, thank you, Lord, for the rain and a whole lot of it, amen. But God sends the rain. He sends the sunshine, doesn't he? 
God is a concerned helper. He's a merciful friend in verse number 19. He said, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. I'm gonna tell you something, Israel didn't deserve the blessings of God. Israel didn't deserve the benefits of God. And you and I don't deserve the blessings of God. And we don't deserve the benefits of God. You say, well, why would God bless Israel and benefit them for the same reason he had blessed us and benefit us? Not because they deserved it, not because we deserved it, but because he's a merciful friend, amen? I'm telling you, isn't God merciful? His mercy's got us out of bed this morning. His mercy saw us through another day. His mercies has led us this way. And thank God, if he allows it, his mercies will get us up tomorrow. I'm talking about God is a merciful friend tonight. Then in verse 20, he's a saving redeemer. As the Bible says that he that is our God is the God of salvation. And unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. You say, preacher, how are we going to keep marching on? Well, we know a lot about God, don't we? According to this psalm, a loving father, a mighty leader, a concerned helper, a merciful friend, and a saving redeemer. That's who he is tonight. And I'm glad that I know him in those things tonight. I'm glad I can raise my hand, can't you, and say that God has been, he has been a loving father. He has been a merciful friend. God has been a concerned helper. He has been a mighty leader. He has been a saving redeemer. That's who he is tonight. And in this psalm, in these 18 verses, I want you to see very quickly tonight that the psalmist lays out four things here that will help you and I to keep marching on in these last days. Amen. I want to say first of all he reminds Israel uh, my friend tonight of her sovereign helper in these first six verses he says uh, let God arise let his enemies be scattered let them also that hate him flee before him you know how we can keep marching on tonight is by remembering that you and I have a sovereign helper amen as we can remember uh, God's might in verse number one that God will arise uh, that the enemies will be scattered and those that hate him will flee before him. I'm glad that he's got all power in heaven and earth, amen. I'm glad, thank God, the earth is his footstool. I'm glad that he's, uh, that he's able to control all things. And the Bible said now to him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side, how could you and I, he said, let Israel say, had it not been the Lord who was on our side. I'm simply saying tonight, you and I can keep marching on because we got some help from heaven, amen? We're not marching by ourselves. We're not marching in our own strength, but there's somebody that's gonna help us along this way, amen? That's what that comforter is tonight. Don't try to serve him in the energy of your flesh. Jesus taught us to pray in the spirit. He taught us to walk in the spirit and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why? So that we can be strong in the Lord. I want to tell you tonight, God is a helper to those that will seek him. God's might, his majesty in verse number four, he said, sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. I want to tell you tonight, when you read verse four, you think about his majesty. Isn't God a majestic God tonight? He's higher than the highest. He's holier than the holiest tonight. He's the king of all kings. 
captains. He's the captain of all captains. He's the Lord of all lords. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all glory. We can never magnify him enough. We can never praise him enough. We can never exalt him enough. He is God and he said, besides me, there is none other tonight. Boy, I tell you, if you think about the majesty of God, it ought to put you on shouting ground. Even on a Wednesday night when it's raining outside, you ought to be able to say amen to the majesty of God. He's wonderful tonight, isn't he? And he talks about his mercy in five and six and, and he talks about uh, his morality in verse number six and I like this as he said in verse number six that God uh, setteth the solitary in families and he bringeth out those that are bound with chains uh, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. I'm gonna tell you what God is gonna do. God is gonna take care of his children. God is gonna take care of his own. Uh, he is a helper to those that honor him and those that live for him. Now listen, if you want God to bless you, then honor him with your life. Uh, honor him with your lips. Uh, spend your days living for God. Uh, and listen, you'll never be sorry if you'll live for God. He'll take care of you. He'll help you along life's way, amen. You know, he didn't promise us a million dollars, did he? But he promised us something better. Amen. He didn't promise us the things of this world. He promised us something better. You say, what's better than a million dollars in the things of this world? His presence. I'm telling you to have all the money in this world and the riches of this world and to not have the presence of God, you're bankrupt spiritually. You'll never be able to buy you one second of peace. You'll never be able to buy yourself one second of happiness. To have all the fame and the fortune and the glamour of this world would never satisfy your soul. You'd pillow your head at night and so would I, just as empty as empty could be because the things of this world cannot satisfy us. Oh, but can I tell you something on the other side of that coin. Uh, listen, you can be as broke as Job's turkey. You can not have two nickels to rub together. You can be living in a little old shack by the side of the road. Uh, and I tell you, if you lay your head down at night uh, and can feel the breeze of heaven uh, uh, sweep over your soul uh, and to hear a still small voice uh, uh, whisper in the chambers of your soul uh, and say you're mine and I'm yours uh, and I'm here to take care of you. That's riches tonight uh, uh, that money cannot buy. I'm talking about a sovereign helper, amen. There's going to be times in life when money and all the things of this world cannot help you. But what about a sovereign? You say, preacher, how do you march on? I got a sovereign helper tonight. I want to say, secondly, he reminds them that they have a significant history. He goes in verse number seven down to verse number 10 and he reminds Israel, you have a history unlike any other. He tells them, he said, you have a divine presence. God, in verse seven, oh God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, a divine presence. He said the earth shook, in verse eight, the heavens also dropped at what? The presence of God. He's talking about a divine presence. That is a significant history, isn't that right? I'm telling you, listen, if you look back in your life, and you can see the presence of God in your life at work, you've got a divine history. You've got a significant history. 
There are people roaming this earth that don't know God. There are people roaming this earth that don't know what it is to feel the presence of God. There are people roaming this earth, they pray to the gods of stone and the gods of wood and and the idols of this world, never feeling anything or knowing anything. But tonight, if you can look back down memory's lane and you can see the divine hand of God at work in your life, uh, that's a history unlike any other. That ought to help you to keep marching on tonight uh, to know that when you look back at your past, uh, your future's gonna be over okay because if you see God in your past, hallelujah, you can, get, you can grant it, he'll be there in your future. I'm glad tonight that I've got a significant history, amen. I can look back and see a time in my life when there was no God. Amen, you saw I've been in church ever since I was born, but you still didn't have God in your life. But if you can see him in your life tonight, there's a divine presence, that's a significant history. There's a divine providence. Look at verse number nine. He said that thou, O God, did sendest a plentiful rain. Verse 10, thy thy congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O God, hast prepared of thy goodness for the poor. You know what that is? That's God's providence at work in your life. Let me stop for a moment and ask you this question. You ever seen a time where you, and I know God, I know that the Lord always pays our bills and I know that he always puts food on our table and we know that every good gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, from whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. But think about this tonight. Can you look back in your life and see a significant time when God did something particularly just for you? I mean, when you had a need or your back was against the wall or or you thought, man, I, how am I going to overcome this? Or how am I going to get out of this? Or, or what am I going to do? And, and you didn't know what you were going to do. And there was beyond your realm of reason and beyond explanation, something happened that caused you to step back and say, well, there's no way that that could have ever happened other than to say God did that. Amen. We know that God does everything in our life. But I really believe tonight that sometimes God lets our back get against the wall on purpose. Not because he wants to be mean to us. Not because he wants to see us sweat it out or try to figure it out. But because sometimes God wants to highlight something in our life just to remind us that hey, there is an all seeing eye looking down. And there is an unseen hand that's walking ahead of you, uh, that's keeping things out of your way. Uh, I'm telling you, I thought about something today uh, where God took care of something in my life. Uh, I told my wife one day, I said, I just don't see no way that that's ever gonna, be, that's ever gonna happen. But you know what? After a period of time, it happened. And all I could do was step back and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. There's no way I could have done that in myself. There's no way that would have ever happened by chance or circumstance. I'm glad there's something Somebody that works behind the scenes. I'm glad he goes ahead. He sees what's behind and he works on our behalf tonight. That's his providence. I like that old song, God will take care of you. I heard that this afternoon and it just come across the radio. It blessed my heart. Along life's way, God will take care of you, won't he? And sometimes he does it in unusual circumstances. But tonight we can march on because we have a significant history, a sovereign helper, and then thank God we have a spiritual heritage tonight. In verse 11 he says this, the Lord gave the word and great was the company of those that published it. Victory is announced in verse 11. 
God gave the word. You and I tonight have a spiritual heritage. You may be here tonight and say, well, preacher, I didn't have parents to take me to church. No, but look back at your heritage. Someone had to start. God reversed the curse with someone and that someone is you. And now you can pass down that heritage to someone else. When I think about my life, I'm sure you're the same way. I don't think about uh, uh, the things of this world and I don't think about necessarily the, the monetary or the earthly things, but when I look back through life, I really there's just one thing that matters when you look back and that's what God has done in our life, amen? It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you have a pedigree or don't have a pedigree. Most of us don't have no pedigree tonight, isn't that right? Not one we care to tell about, amen? But when you look back through your your life. I'm telling you, there's no rich relatives in our life. There's no royalty in our life tonight and it wouldn't matter if there was. But when I look back down through my life, I can honestly say, by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary, I am a royal descendant. Thank God of the one from Jerusalem. I am a royal descendant of that man that hung on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I've got a spiritual heritage tonight. Amen. What a heritage. What a heritage tonight. To be able to say you're in Bible Baptist Church. To be here tonight. There's a, there's a 10 million different places God could have planted you and I around this world. But he lets you be born in America. He lets you be born in the South. Thank God you're not a Yankee. Shout about that tonight. Amen, Brother Barnes. You can thank him for that. He lets you hear the gospel be born in America, be born in the South. I'll be honest with you, I don't know a better place on earth to be born than where we're living tonight. I'm sure the rest of the world disagrees with that, but y'all agree with it tonight. And brother, I'm telling you, think about it. He lets you be here tonight. He's given you a heritage and that heritage has given you a hope that ought to make you want to march on. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, it doesn't matter who quits. It doesn't matter who throws in the towel. We got help tonight from heaven. We got a heritage that counts. And I'm here to tell you tonight, we got a history and all of this ought to encourage us to keep marching on for the glory of God. I'll give you one last thing and I'm through tonight. What he gives the nation of Israel that'll help them to keep marching on, not only a spiritual heritage a significant history, a sovereign helper. But I want to thank God for this tonight. In verse number 15, he gives them a splendid homeland. As he talks about home in verse 15, he talks about the hill of God is as the hill of Bashan and high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. I'm gonna tell you what that hill is tonight. He said it was a high hill. He also said it was a holy hill, the holy hill of Zion. He said, take, your, take a look back at your history. Take a look back at your heritage. Take a look back at your helper. But he said, I want you to think about your homeland. I wanna tell you tonight, we got a homeland, don't we? Brother, I'm telling you, I'm glad this world is not my home, Brother Laddie. 
I'm glad I'm not living forever down here. Thank God. I'm telling you, the older I get, the less this world means to me. Don't get me wrong. I thank God for my family. I thank God for my friends, and I thank God for a church. Uh, I like that song. I thought about it when I was reading this verse today. I thought how true it is uh, when the songwriter said, heaven is sounding sweeter all the time. Uh, I'm telling you, day by day, and hilltop by hilltop, uh, and hour by hour, heaven sure does sound a whole lot sweeter sweeter in 2020 than what it did in 2010, what it did in the 90s, amen. And I'm gonna tell you, the closer we get to the end, the brighter the lights of home are gonna shine, friend. Can I tell you, the holy hills of Zion, they're singing on. The heavenly lights of, of Zion, they're shining on. The godly people of Zion, they're marching on. And the old ship of Zion, she's a-sailing on, hallelujah. And one of these days, we're all gonna be home. Won't it be wonderful? there. I just feel something way down deep in my soul when I think about going home. Home. It could be tonight. We could all pull out together. Wouldn't this be a good time for Jesus to come again? Amen. It'd be goodbye world. Goodbye. What a day that's going to be. Some, I don't know why I got so many songs on my mind tonight, but the songwriter said some golden day break. Jesus is coming again. Amen. Brother John R. Rice said, when he was just a boy and his mother died, he said, I was standing there looking in the ground. He said, my daddy was standing there holding my hand. John R. Rice said, as they looked, as they put his mother down in the ground, he said, him and his father stood there weeping. He said, he never forgot what his dad said that day. He said, he looked down in that grave and he said, I'll see you in glory some sweet day. John R. Rice wrote that old song. If you never heard it, you ought to look it up. It'll bless your soul. Years later, he wrote that song. I'll see you in glory someday. I'm telling you, there's people on the other side I want to see. I want to see Jesus. But I tell you, there's some people over there I want to see. Hey, some family members I want to see. Hey, some friends that I want to see. Hey, some people I went to church with, I want to see, don't you? Hey, some preachers, men of God that, that blazed a trail and stood for right and stood against wrong, and I want to see them. Hey, some Old Testament patriarchs, uh, I want to see Abraham, don't you? Uh, I want to see that great man of faith that staggered not at the promises of God. I want to see Job uh, that walked through the fiery trial and was sifted uh, but gave God the glory. Uh, I want to see Daniel that stood in the lion's den and the Hebrew boys uh, that walked through the fire. I want to see Paul my friend that was in the prison and was shipwrecked but that mighty Christian and soldier for God I want to see John the Baptist, amen I want to see Michael the archangel I want to see Gabriel, don't you I want to see them Old Testament patriarchs and those New Testament apostles and saints of God I'm telling you one of these days heaven's going to be a wonderful place when we step inside the gate and for the first time in a glorified body we realize what it's like uh, to know no sin, uh, to have no sickness, uh, to have no pain, uh, to know we'll never face the tempter again, uh, to know there'll never be another dark day, uh, there'll never be another lonely night, uh, there'll never be another shadow, uh, there'll never be another heartache, uh, there'll be, never be another tear that'll fall from our eye, but it'll be springtime forever. We'll sing and we'll shout, uh, we'll all be together. Won't it be wonderful on the other side? 
Brother, I'll tell you, that makes me want to march on. Amen. That makes me want to keep on keeping on in these last days because he's coming and we're soon going, aren't we, tonight? As we stand, I want to encourage you. Don't quit. Don't even back up. Stand for what's right. Don't get tired of serving God. Don't get lazy. Don't get slothful in your Christian walk. You say, preacher, why you say that so much? Because I, I feel it like everybody else does. The flesh will get tired. We can get tired in this work, but stay with it. Amen. Keep bringing your children to church. Sometimes on a Wednesday night, when you've worked all day and it's rained all day, I'm sure, I'm sure the flesh would say, you really want to go to church tonight. You really want to get out in the dark and the rain and go to church, march on. Amen. When your children go astray and you've tried to raise them right and they're not doing the way that you taught them, march on. Amen. March on. We're headed with every footstep. We're one step closer to home. Amen. We're a whole lot closer tonight than we was this morning. Amen. March on for God. When your body is failing and your health begins to waver, march on. Keep on marching. We're getting closer. Because one day, you're going to climb the glass hilltop and you'll see the lights of that city. Won't that be wonderful? We'll fold these old hands. This tent will be folded. And we'll hear that call to come. March on. While we sing tonight, if you need to come, you obey God.